The boundaries have been broken. Welcome to Vanguard Radio. Fire. This is our 41st show. We are starting with TNB, progressing on to professors being censored. Uh, we have a case in Canada as well as uh, a professor in Australia, the Atkinson Institute. Quite you. Right. This following hot on the heels of the uh, Cronulla Beach riots there. Uh, we have also Yale creating an anti-Semitism study center, as well as... What is understanding a horrible phenomenon that fully justifies an academic discipline of its own. As well as advertisements, greaseball and goose, and animals. Animal rentals, to be exact, in Denmark. <laughs> it's a man <laughs> I proceeded to walk around the corner and shit. Look for Tayshawn. Right. Well, speaking of which, we have TNB. Shizzle, my niggas. It's time for the TNB section of our program. A killer of three, and by, with the name of Ulysses Handy the Third, formerly from New Orleans, uh, is in custody. Ulysses Handy, age 24, originally from New Orleans, he often smiled and smirked while acknowledging his role in the murders. Guilty as charged, he said, pleading to three counts of aggregated first-degree murder. He also has a MySpace uh, profile that's floating around. Uh, Jane, you know more about this, sir. Why don't you just fill us in on the details? Yeah, this is a New Orleans nigger that was somehow transplanted to Tacoma, Washington. Uh, I haven't been able to tell that it was in the wake of the hurricane, but I would think that that's kind of likely. Uh, his mother is uh, a licensed practical nurse, and I believe she teaches down there in New Orleans, so she has some government or university job teaching like licensed practical nursing, and some. she probably goes around and you know, tell the niggers not to screw each other when they're related or something. That's probably her job, but uh, <laughs> he murdered three people, and these were all three white friends of his. And one of them was indeed a blonde. Uh, another one, Darren Christians, who was 28, uh, according to Handy, Ulysses Handy the uh, Third, the nigger murderer. Uh, he kissed Darren Christian in the moment before he shot him dead, and he killed them all three at the same place uh, by gunfire. And there was a fourth one, the uh, sister of Daniel Vero, and uh, she went missing. Uh, some couple of months or so earlier, a month or so earlier, and she's still not been found, so the police tend to think that he quite possibly was involved in that. I mean, what are the odds of a brother and sister, uh, you know, facing mm -hmm. murder? Yeah. And in any case, 
this guy uh, quoted Don Henley. He said, "Get over it." He, he, you know, he's real cocky. Just, just the usual type of thing. No regrets. Uh, he says, uh, "I don't bite my tongue." Sounds like us on Goyfire, huh? Except we're not killing people. He said, "Anybody got a problem with what I do? Anybody got a problem with what I say to make an ex expletive?" Uh, uh, it, it's. Uh, the other thing is, you put the, this on MySpace, and you know they're always so sensitive about uh, all of these things being yanked off. Well, it's been on MySpace since January, and there he is dancing with white girls. You know the usual wiggerism, hip hop stuff, and he has one uh, girlfriend looks like she might be Asiatic, and uh, you know they're making their signs and their dances, and it's the same stuff. And I guess he even issued threats on this site. And uh, there's one fellow who's a crime reporter. I think his name is Huff, and I linked his page in. Uh, the non-white serial killer threats, although this fellow, I want to make it clear, is a spree killer, a spree mass killer. In other words, uh, they, they get jacked up or hopped up and decide to kill a few people in one fell swoop. And that's their pride. But this is what happened. And uh, When did this happen? This was, uh, it was this year, let me find the month. I believe it was uh, not in, in January, I believe, and now he's just finally uh, gone to the trial and been found guilty. And, and let's, Say again, this is Ulysses Handy the Third. He looks like a high yeller mulatto looking nigger, and, and basically he murdered these people and is completely embarrassed about it. And this is the price we pay to surround ourselves with niggers uh, or tolerate the Jews who sick them on us through civil rights. That's the all important context. And you who listen to this and don't know if we're right or, or what we're saying is right, ask yourself, how come you never see, how come we talk about these things, but you never hear any reverberations on, say, Nancy Grace or on cops or on A&E shows dealing with crime, which always obsessively focus on whites committing crime. You know, in a population of 200 million whites, you're always going to be pick, able to pick out a, cu a couple. But if, surely if journalism has any real social function, it's to set the context so people understand the big picture. But in fact, TV occludes the big picture by focusing only and obsessively, and not for ratings, on whites who commit crime. And, and to the extent you see anybody offering media criticism, it's, oh, they focus on white girls who've disappeared. But uh, <coughs> um, well, some of these niggers have committed truly heinous crimes, and they're never talked about. Like, I keep going back to the gang rapes. You don't even have to take the white victim. When the, the Mexican girl's a victim of the gang rape in Fresno, that's not been written about at all by anybody. I haven't even seen anything more in the local media on that out in California. And the white girl raped by a, a, a bunch of uh, uh, niggers in, I think that was in uh, Lockport, New York, that hasn't been written about at all. Why couldn't Nancy Grace put that on her show and start her insane moralizing for an hour about how evil it is? Because they, they won't do it, and they stay obsessed with details because it shows that our country is essentially founded on a farce. It's, it's founded on genocidal principle that races are equal. And so yeah. nothing can be allowed to attract attention to the fact that our country is founded on a lie that is killing white people daily. You can look his um, website up, myspace.com slash the digit two, and then the word sadistic, where he calls himself Lucifer. And he'd already been to prison. And he said it's like, what did he say, like sending a wild, uh, wild animal or a wild tiger back to the jungle. He's going back to prison. And I guess mm -hmm. he caught the plea and just uh, pleaded guilty, and that way he avoided the death penalties, uh, as I understood it. Yeah, this guy uh, has a tattoo Craig, I'm looking at that website right now. Uh -huh. Sadist. Yeah, in yeah. cursive writing. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at his website. This stuff is really starting to turn my stomach. 
uh, I have to see this in, in public, and now I see this on the website. There are, you know, this uh, this mix of races that that hang out with him, uh, the Asiatics, uh, the high yellows, uh, and these these whites that are aping these uh, subhumans. It's just yeah. disgusting. There's a white and, on here uh, with uh, like like uh, Chinese symbols tattooed on his arm. And uh, hanging out with the nigger and and just 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 bestial bestial type behavior. And that's very, very It's sick in the quaw. Thank you. Yeah. The, 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 we'll talk about this later with the, the mainstreaming of nigger attitudes and mores, but the uh, <coughs> mores, but uh, MySpace, they're claiming is the fourth most visited spot on the web in English. And this is this is very big with uh, high schoolers or uh, the 18 to 22 year olds that is huge on uh, on MySpace. I think the average age is like 24. So yeah, it's all multicultural MTV. Yeah, right here on this niggers right here on this niggers web page, you see an ad for T-Mobile. And uh, I believe T-Mobile has also banned VNN over uh, some huh? of their their service. So that shows you how uh, <laughs> what's in and what's out. Yeah, well, needless to say, there was all types of niggerisms going on in the courtroom. And here, for example, a relative pointed his finger at the Negro standing a few feet away. He said, I hope that somebody on the inside will get their hands on him and choke the life out of him. Relatives of the victims applauded from the back of the courtroom, but Handy just stood by his lawyer and laughed. When Handy addressed the judge, he expressed no remorse for his actions. Uh, he went on to say, uh, it's like sending a wildcat back to the jungle. And I'm not asking for nobody for sympathy or pity or mercy. I know there's people up in here hurting, he said. Pain's a part of life. Deal with it. Get over it. Here he says, you assholes are stupid, but I love you to death. Ha, 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 ha. And that was, uh, I guess, hours or before he did the murders. And something curious, I don't even get why he did this. You know, it doesn't say, I've, I've waited through these stories. Was it drugs? What it was? Uh, he just decided to prove he's one tough nigger by shooting people who didn't have a gun themselves. And this is, this is the risky run of associating with niggers who are just low IQ, stupid, and impulsive. And something that may be a really dumb idea. They don't have the IQ to see that it's, it's going to lead to prison. And hell, in this guy's case, he doesn't care. And that's what he says, and there's probably pretty good reason to believe it. What's the difference? He gets fed on your dime either way. Either he's taking welfare on the outside or he's taking, you know, three squares and a cot on the inside. And how much do we have to pay to maintain these niggers? And how long can we maintain an expanding nigger population before uh, the boat is swamped? Uh, you know, what does it cost a year to maintain this monkey who's murdered these whites? He ought to be just taken out and shot. And blacks ought to be segregated from whites to reduce the problem in the first place. So much of our society today is just created to pretend that it's dealing with a problem that it's actually causing as a way to expand, you know, government's role or protect the Jews politically. And uh, while they're whining about anti-Semitism, this is what whites have to deal with. It's well, never it's not Jews who are murdered in this stuff. It's not only them, but but now the Spicks are giving the, the boons to run for their money crime-wise. So, you know, you're facing two, two different classes out there which are growing in size constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is the thing. I mean, we had, look, you've got about, basically about one of, put it in the biggest context, about one of 22 slaves brought to the New World ended up in America. There were three or four million brought here. And today there are over 35 million blacks in America. 
and the number of Mexicans just passed them. So we've got essentially 70, 75 million of these colored tax sucks here with 200 so-called whites. Many of them are not actually white. And they're essentially eating us and taking what we built up and ruining it and moving on to whatever spots of white civilization remain because it's better than anything they can build. And there is no personal individual solution to this. You can't turn these niggers into Christians, or you can, but they'll still remain niggers. The problem is inherently racial, and there is no solution except whites protecting themselves. The crime, the race, the rest of it, it will all just get worse and worse. And race is not, race is occasionally used as a tool to uh, create greater problems, but inherently race is a problem, even if Jews weren't here. That's why we had laws segregating the races, because it protected whites from blacks. And the ultimate solution is, is a resegregation, getting blacks, coloreds, Jews who let them in out of our living space. And, that's, and, and for that reason, the Jews know that, and that's why you'll never see a story like this in the mainstream media, except in the local area. The, 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 it'll, it'll be you know, a 50-mile radius, and it won't get beyond there unless you come across it on the Internet. It'll never be promoted on the national talk shows on CNN or, or Fox News, which stick exclusively to white criminals. The normalization of these kinds of behaviors, which you talk about, uh, this criminal uh, you know, hip-hop stuff that white kids want to adopt, if people would just watch their televisions and, and watch the different VH1, Nickelodeon, MTV, and even mainstream Law and & Order and what have you, and just at least begin to notice the Jewish names of the writers and the producers and the directors who constantly promote this filth. And you can see them right there at the end of the credits. And if you'll just become a little bit uh, Akamai about the names, you'll get it. Yeah, and they and and what they're so low that they will even go so far. A lot of times is to reverse the race. If if a black attacks a white in a particularly heinous manner, you might see it on CSI a year later, but the colors will be reversed. And it'll be a Klansman or racist, you know, raping black girls, like in John Grisham's A Time to Kill. And and Grisham was one of the most. I've probably said this before, but it bears repeating. Grisham was one of the top two best-selling authors in the '90s, I believe. And his biggest selling, and he says his favorite book, involved uh, blacks getting revenge for uh, two Klansmen raping her 12-year-old daughter. Now, that kind of interracial rape essentially never happens. Never happens. But, you know, in, in the Jew-controlled country, only books that claim whites are vicious to blacks get published. And high school students are forced to read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, in which a, a, <coughs> a dirty white woman accuses a black of a rape he didn't commit. So... They're trained, and then you get, like we have here at TSU, oh, it's Rape Awareness Week. Well, do you think they're going to make white girls aware of the uh, fact that <laughs> blacks are responsible for a huge proportion of rapes and that virtually all interracial rapes are black on white? Of course they're not going to tell them that. It's to get them to look at their uh, potentially white boyfriends in a, in a different light as though they're dangerous rapists. And you see that on TV. Oh, the guy who's most likely to rape you or kill you is your own husband. He's in your own house. They, that's, a, that's a whole genre of the, the, the evil suburban white man. He seems like a normal dad, neighbor, friend, father, but actually he's a killer just waiting to get out. The whole, you have to realize that the whole of publishing, including TV, radio, and book, is, is geared to present a flip reality. And, and actually, it really is that simple. All you have to do is reverse the reality. If they show you whites as dangerous, you know the truth is that blacks are dangerous. And, uh, and it's, it's never a, a national problem. It's uh, regional, it's economic, it's uh, personal. 
So yeah, it's they compartmentalized. Any any deficit that blacks show is always attributable to white racism. And we had the guy on Free Talk Live the other day who was talking about being a white man in the Bronx and how they, the prosecutors, due to political pressure from Jews and blacks, want to equalize prison incarceration rates. So they'll take whites with borderline cases and throw them in, in jail and, and release uh, the marginal niggers who rape and kill people. If you don't think it's that bad, you don't know this country. We whites are in political captivity. We are slaves. We are essentially used by the system to do the, the hardcore work, and we have you know 50% of the money that we earn is taken from us through taxes, and it's used to grow the ranks of our enemies. And our enemies include, you know, on, on the street level, this type of nigger who just kills people for absolutely no reason. And on the political level, Jews who control the upper end of our society, and they control it completely. We'll talk more about that in a minute and then founding of a new center at Yale. And on another front, we have the amazing tale of a black woman in East St. Louis who, believe it or not, cut the fetus out of her best friend and killed her three kids at the same time. Uh, this woman's name is Tiffany Hall, and uh, she's just been brought into custody. Jane, you've yeah, been following this story. Yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating story and uh, kind of a doubleheader this week on uh, nigger spree killers. So in this particular case, she used a pair of scissors to cut the fetus out of a, uh, her best friend from childhood. And... Uh, <laughs> She used to babysit this woman's other children. And not only that, but then she murdered the other three children. They found them in a washer-dryer in a public housing complex. And uh, she's on a $5 million bail. And she has two children of her own. So whatever possessed her to do this, uh, except her own genes, uh, is inexplicable. You know. She has kids of her own carving. <laughs> yeah, she has two. Yeah. <laughs> Extra free babies out of her friend. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to hunt in the Midwest in Missouri, in fact, when I was a kid. And uh, my dad would always make me clean the pheasants and, and quail. And I'd have to run them under the sink and kind of dry wretch. You know, I guess I'm a little sensitive for that thing, but I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> I mean, you have to be pretty desperate to stick a pair of scissors in an unconscious person and, and start uh, cutting them. And I guess her surgical skills weren't quite up to snuff because the, the fetus died. So then she carried the ruse all the way to the funeral home. And she called the funeral home two hours after the service was conducted for the baby, pretending that this was her baby. And she's corpulent anyway, so two of her relatives believed that it was her baby and showed up. And yet she called the funeral director and said, can you cancel that funeral for a couple of days, postpone it, because I, can get, I need to get more relatives there in attendance. But that was two hours after the service. But he persuaded her to come and sign an affidavit that the baby was hers. After the after the funeral, this is East St. Louis. It's one of the most bombed out areas. Well, Alex is stressed on this broadcast. Yeah, golf clap for the niggas. Alex is stressed on this broadcast how we are supporting this and we are subsidizing this madness. And what do I see here in the story? Uh, Hall supported her family with food stamps and disability <laughs> checks. Is that for an example of our goddamn We're media? paying for this. Probably a crack baby, her, her first baby there, one of the two. She supported her family with money stolen from white humans by the good offices of Jewish social workers who took a cut before passing it on to her to breed the next generation of nigger bastards. And un unbelievable. This is East St. Louis that my ancestor fought so hard to keep free of niggers and that the human shit called abolitionist who uh, sponsored them. This this the ultimate the ultimate living, breathing reality of, of Christian love and charity. This is the end product of it. Do you like it? 
I don't like it. But Just a random splurge killer, and they have here a, a, a real niggerism. Hall would not let doctors. She shows up at the hospital with a, a baby and, I guess, blood everywhere. Hall would not let doctors at the hospital examine her and offered conflicting reasons for why she went into labor, alternately saying she had consensual sex and was raped. So I guess she was, right after getting raped, you're supposed to have a baby or something or another, but she wasn't even pregnant to start out with. It's really quite something. I guess it's not on Fox yet, huh, Alex? No, I haven't seen Nancy Grace. And and I want to make this point, as I've made before. Leftist school of media criticism says that you can explain media behavior by giant corporations seeking profit. Well, what's more dramatic than a, a woman? And there was actually, there was earlier in the last year, there was a white woman who carved her, her uh, a baby out of another white woman, I believe. And uh, they did talk about that nationally, I believe, to some extent. At also least in they Missouri. The yeah. Mid- yeah, pretty sure. I think it was like over in Kansas City. And uh, that got fairly prominent play. And this story, this is the first I heard of it, is when we were uh, we were collecting our links for uh, our discussion topics for Goitfire. And uh, no, you won't see this on Nancy Grace. So my point is the leftist school of media criticism cannot explain what you see in the media. Because there are far more dramatic stories black on white, black on black crime that are never talked about in the national media, never written up on CSI. They don't make any of the crime shows on A&E, which are exclusively devoted to whites to keep alive the stereotype that whites are especially vicious and dangerous to blacks and to white women. So it's all a lie. TV is a reality reversal. Check this. Here's what the police chief said. He's probably a Negro, too. He says, these children are from East St. Louis. This is talking about the missing three before they were found dead in the washer dryer in the public housing. These children are from East St. Louis. They know how to survive. Yeah. Well, yeah. They were like seven, you two, know, and one year old. also told in this article <laughs> is that she was trying to better herself recently by going to uh, the local college and taking vo- vocational yeah. training. Yeah. As oh, there's going to be a brain know, uh, Anything can be done to really salvage these people. Good Lord, which we probably had to pay for anyway. She's going to be a butcher. Not only did we pay for her uh, food stamps and disability checks, but we had to pay for this ridiculous attempt at educating this savage. Yeah, well, you can take that with a salt shaker. My because God. Tom and uh, something, they're always trying yeah. to better themselves. They, that's just a boilerplate add-in. Yeah. They, the nigga was trying to rise up, but he's done being kept down with what with all the white man welfare and shit. The country's a joke. I, I don't know how you can sum it up better than that. It's a, it's a joke of a country. It's run by Jews against the interests of the people who established it. That would be you and, and me saying this and you listening to it, a normal white people. That, that is, all, you know, by the way, car- it is perceived as a joke in white Europe, I do believe, by great, I would say millions of people, easily millions, tens of millions. And yeah, what about Japan? Yeah. I mean, they they have these, uh, you know, the niggerisms and whatnot. I'm sure they find that quite amusing, how how Americans just, you know, shuck and jive with the niggeros and, and don't say word one about uh, their antics, at least not officially. There was another murder case this week. I don't want to discuss it on Goyfar except to say that in that case it was a 16-year-old murder by a nigger. And they showed video in the high school, and they had these 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids and they had up this huge, giant collage. It was like 30 feet long by 12 feet high. And, and the camera would zoom in on the pictures. And they were all done with crayon, with little hearts and everything. And somebody put them in the forum. You know, I thought kids stopped this like around somewhere around grades 9 or 10 or 11. 
age 9 or 10, 11. And these are 16-year-olds with their crayons. And I thought, they don't do this in Europe. You know, this is not what they're doing. They're learning a second language. <laughs> they're not, <laughs> you know, we love you, Holly. And it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But this is what they're taught is, uh, is loving and good to, to just have a big heart and think that, you know, a candlelight ceremony when anything bad touches them instead of logical analysis of it. Yeah, the yeah. body, the Mon Tunstall, Ivan Tunstall Collins, and Janella Tunstall are found at the John DeShields Public Housing Complex. So we're paying for these niggers in every way, shape, or form. And this can only go on so long, but the natural endpoint of it is the absolute destruction, eradication, and genocide of the whites who are allowing Jews to carve money out of our ass pocket and use it to grow colonies of these, these African exotics. It's insane. We are insane to put up with the Jews doing this. It is genocidal. We have a gang rape in uh, Florida, and in fact, it was three Mexicans gang raping a white woman who fell asleep in, on the beach. The victim, a white female in her 30s, had apparently been sitting at the shoreline of the beach on Wednesday when she dozed off. She woke up to find a man holding her down and another man trying to rape her. Look at these pieces of shit. And we have this on VNNforum.com. We encourage you to join and, and you can learn about this stuff because, like I say, you won't hear about it from Nancy Grace. You won't hear about it from uh, Fox News, which are devoted to pumping for Israel and for uh, covering up for colored criminals. And this just shows you it sure women in particular. Me like the Mexicans and the blacks are in, in, in competition to kill and murder as many of themselves and whites as they can get. And it looks to me like the Mexicans are winning. Good They're Lord. showing up everywhere. Yeah, well, this was a, so a classic three, opportunity we crime. Got three, yeah. We got three uh, dishwashers here. This is what we allowed in this country. Three men that are dishwashers. And their names are Monca Damaramos, Havar Ramos, and Cesar Luis Amador. Good Lord, we, we can't we can't enjoy our public places anymore. You know, uh, Jeff, I, I wouldn't be so high mighty. Like These people about, are roving around like dogs. About that dishwasher, they'd beat you out for the same job, so they must be better qualified to be a dishwasher. Boy. constantly beat out whites, even for the I lowest. Mean, really, jobs. we're we're, we're they they take this over. They and they people I say they dominate. Uh, someone wrote me one there, like uh, or maybe I saw it on the forum. You know, there were a bunch of whites at a, at a beach up in Michigan. And a, and a, a bunch of Mexicans came in and essentially drove them out. Because the whites can't stand to be around Mexicans because they're subhuman. The quality people in Mexico were killed off fighting the Spaniards. Or whatever whatever higher end they had. And the rest are, are essentially uh, a handful of, of rich half-whites who get rid of, who discharge their effluvium in the form of these pieces of shit gang rapists who come up to the U.S. And some of them work, but they, most of them draw welfare and work, and they breed incredibly fast, and the Jews have Jewed our law so that any, anything born to them becomes an American citizen by law. And these, along with the blacks that we just talked about, are displacing us and just making our lives uncomfortable. We can't enjoy a public beach. We have to at all times be on a complete guard because we have allowed this kind of shit into the country. The stuff's all on VNN. You can see these pieces of shit and wonder why, oh, we never talk about this in our media, and we're haters if we do. Well, maybe we need to become haters. Maybe Hate's an awfully convenient word for people who speak the truth that uh, Jews want covered up, I'd say. 
You know, it's, it's not hate when they're talking about, oh, we, the Holocaust, the Holocaust. We try to talk facts about the Holocaust, and we're haters. We try to talk facts about what the, the juice set colors are doing to whites, and we're haters. Well, what are they? What are they for covering this up, if not haters, if not liars? Well, they're Jews. They're Jews Jewing America because it's good for Jews, and it, it's bad for you. And we, we are the, the line of defense. But we need you to join us. We can't do it alone. This, this kind of story is sickening and repetitive, and you see it all the time. And you will never see one show on A&E about, you know, niggers and Mexicans gang-raping white women. But that's what they come here to do. It's open season. The Jews have tied our hands down by, by law. and They're gang-raping, male or female, as long as you're white. You're getting screwed by this country. And the argument, I guess the, the, the safety valve, the, the only other argument allowed is the libertarian argument where everybody's an individualist and has to be on, on guard 24 hours, seven days a week. And, well, if, if they got you, I guess you were just dumb or you shouldn't have been there or got unlucky and... Yeah. What, what in any Just other don't context? Don't look at a collective. Don't don't look Random at it collectively. Hey, yeah. how come the individuals with brown skin like to gang rape so much? You know, in, in any other context, would be called blaming the victim. But when it happens to whites, whites are the one group that's encouraged to blame itself. Probably You're guilty of being a racist, anti-Semite. We should be having enough white man. You know, they the Mexicans achieved nothing in Mexico. I go down there and look at it. They've achieved nothing. The only good thing in Mexico is the beaches. It's despoiled by the presence of Mexicans. A hundred million of them. Their culture is horrible. Their food, hey, if anyone can catch fish and, and, and eat fruit. Just a wholly unadmirable culture, and now we get to share it up here in the north. It was formerly civilized, and you didn't have to have bars over your windows and lock your car. Well, now you do. And these people are privileged over white Americans by law. Unbelievable! And half the states are allowed to drive even though they're not Americans. They're allowed to attend college on terms that are better than what native local-born whites can get. Is that crazy? You are being, they're taking your wallet and saying, I'm going to take all your money and give it to Hector here. Or, Ramos, Cesar Luis, Abador. You know, so they can, they can go rape your daughter. And then, then they can go off to college and you're done. What the fuck? When do we band together and destroy these people who are destroying us? I mean, and you, story after story of this, all of them reported, if at all, just reported locally and covered up, never made into national cause celebrities. It doesn't have to get The only way we can deal with these people, if we want them in our midst, is to use a whip, because they're the equivalent of a pack of wild dogs. And, you know, uh, you have to use extreme force. It's almost like beating back the jungle, where they have to take machetes and other implements and just literally just beat back the jungle. You've got to beat these people back. Yeah, they don't understand anything mm. except force. And, and anybody who thinks they're, they're good family people who come here to work, they're Catholics, they have traditional morals, that, that is ridiculous. If you know anything about Mexicans, that doesn't describe them at all. Destructive, vicious, stupid, uh, scummy, gangster... Uh, T-shirt to the knees wearing little, uh, I mean, if you've seen those collectible figurines that they have of, of Mexican gangbangers, I mean, you know all you need to know about Mexican culture. There's no, there's no there there. It's just like with niggers. It's just purely destructive. We really, they have nothing we need or want. We've got to think in terms of, like, uh, uh, population control here. Well, you know, what happens in Africa uh, when there's too many elephants? They destroy the habitat, and they have to go out there, and they have to cull the population and reduce it. And uh, uh, that's what we've got to do here. 
with these people. We've got to reduce their population or they're going to kill us. Oh, so many times we've talked about this, uh, how, this, how the, the subspecies will drive out the, dom- the main species. And this is exactly what's happening. In this country. Right. Yeah, well, we're we're species species cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Yeah, the same it is an evolutionary attack. struggle. And, and it's only really since the advent of, of communications and jet travel that it's become so bad. And also with the Jews at the same time championing this uh, well, invasion. That's generally true. But then again, Mexico is, is contiguous, adjacent to the U.S. They've always, always would have come across if we'd allowed them. And Eisenhower, in fact, shipped back, I think, like 1.5 million of them. Mm-hmm. We used to Operation have braceros. Weapon. If we needed additional farm workers, we could bring in braceros and then send them back when they were done. But now it's just open season. and they, they, It's absolutely clear that they intend to mix Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. and combine it into a super state that will go along with the New World Order uh, European super state. But that is bad for you, ordinary white, whether you're in Canada or, or the U.S. You don't want that because this is what it means. It means opening the doors of these people who are human fungus, weeds, undesirable, completely undesirable. Yeah, it's a more or less a communist uh, ideological theory uh, of, of melding pol- incompatible political systems and, and people together. Yeah, and ages, we've already seen them take over California, and the, the Republicans ignored it all the way along, and now they just go, oh, well, we can't win in, in California anymore, because what will brown people vote for? They'll vote to take money from the people who have it. That's the whites who earn it because they have the superior brains. None of this you can discuss, but that's the reality. And now the Hispanics have become, whites have become the non-majority in Texas, and and there's four states in which non-whites are the majority, and they're growing rapidly in most of the other states. And that's why we encourage secession and and any kind of project that brings white identity or brings whites to act as a a political unit, because there is no other solution. Whites are only essentially just wringing their hands now and considering uh, week after week. If, you know, uh, people probably think they're radical if they listen to Goy Fire. I mean, what are the, what are people doing? We encourage you to lose your fear. I mean, people think I saw this extremely strongly when we first started VNN. I mean, oh my God, so many of the the, the kind of the strutting and yet groveling bourgeois. I think if I write a letter to somebody, my name goes on a list. I mean, they're self-important, and yet they're cowardly at the same time. There's not, there, is, there are legitimate reasons to fear things, but damn it, you've you got to overcome your fear somehow. There is no solution to these problems we describe except a complete and total solution. And, and that can only come through organized white politics. We need more people. You know that what we're saying is right. We need you to join us. And, and pretending the problem doesn't exist and backing away from it, how long can we do that? It's been it's been going on for decades. I mean, it is. I guess we can keep on doing it, but this stuff will only get worse until there is nowhere to run where where you don't encounter these stupid niggers and Mexicans. We describe what's going on in Kirksville as one representative tiny town. You know, we had a Mexican knife another Mexican twenty six times. You know, they're drunk and had a little disagreement. Well, that speaks to the animal nature of the thing. Whites don't do that kind of thing. You know, maybe once in a thousand. You know, a thousand murders, you might find something like that. Mexicans do that on average. Yeah, well, the only way a system like this can be propagated is if people with eyes and ears are, and especially those with authority, are censored and intimidated. And we saw that in the case of Professor Stephen Jones. And now, in Canada, we have uh, a one, uh, a Finnish-Canadian professor 
being censored uh, at Ryerson for his so-called sexist, homophobic, and uh, misogynist comments. Yeah. Now we have a, a, a foreign-named professor at the same university at Ryerson, Alireza Sadigihana, or something to that effect, saying, quote, I will personally suggest to Dr. Kokaranian that he enroll and participate in appropriate seminars to obtain a proper understanding of human rights and discrimination. Hey, let, 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 me, let me interject there that, oh, how right. the left well, he, loves... He, that's too much. Yeah, that, they, they love that appropriate, responsible, proper. You see that? That's just my little point. Now, now Jeff, I know you, you, you were the one who discovered this link, so what, what's the background here? What's going on? Yeah, well, there. Let, let, let me uh, let me let me summarize this too, and add on to what A just did there. Uh, there's a fellow up in uh, Canada, Ryerson College in in Canada, and his name is Coco Renin, and he's a Finn. And I don't know if he's a he's a, he's an immigrant there or he's on a visa, but he operated a blog called 16 Volts, and and for most of that blog's life, it was uh, in in the Finnish language. Now he. Um, one the, his, the subject matter that he enjoyed talking about was uh, feminism and lesbianism, and he, uh, he liked to uh, lampoon it and, and ridicule it. And uh, sometime back, a few months ago, he, he changed his blog language. Uh, he started writing in English, and then somebody noticed. And uh-huh. what happens all too often is, is that, yeah, and what happens all too often is, is that uh, Mr. Kokorinen, he, uh, he was a Finn. That's that's a, that's a, from a Scandinavian country. He's from a Scandinavian country. And what happened was when he was discovered, what he did was he blubbered and cried and crawled on his belly to the authorities. And, uh, and it's really embarrassing. He really should have stood his ground because he has broken no law. And he's broken, even according to the college, he's broken no law. And he's violated no policy of the university. Now... Uh, according to the Ryerson College website, which I uh, went to, uh, Ryerson computer science instructor uh, Ilka Kokorinen is under fire for making what are called sexist and homophobic comments on his personal blog, 16 Volts. Now, what A just mentioned there is the chairman, his boss, rather than coming to his aid, uh, uh, said, I will personally suggest to the doctor that he enroll and participate in seminars to obtain a proper understanding of human rights and discrimination. I will arrange appropriate workshops and seminars and training sessions with the help of, here, here you got it here, with the Discrimination and Harassment Prevention Office at Ryerson. So, uh, let me just um, mention a few of these comments, and, and uh, I, I think they're kind of funny, and, and really, he's, he's about as... Uh, 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 ultramontane as I am on the women question, on the question of women. But um, he said, um, listen to this, uh, quote, the female overrepresentation is heavily concentrated on fluff fields that, which, uh, fluff fields, which make these fields suit the female mind better. Basically, all fields that don't require any mathematics or logical and analytical thinking beyond the elementary school level. <laughs> that is great stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 100% yeah. on yeah. target, too. Could never, 
any field that bullshit that bullshit typifies can be taken over by women and, and essentially turned into a, a politics for profit center from which they can berate us. Here's the second one. Quote, I have never really understood how lesbian separatism could even work in principle since few modern women want to live in, in what is essentially a Stone Age society, which is pretty much what women could ever achieve on their own without men around. End quote. And one more. Listen to this. I really like this. The feminists uh, could only live off general, uh, generous welfare checks provided by men, assuming that they wanted to eat. And lesbians do like to eat a lot. And you can tell that just by looking at them. Clam jam. <laughs> that was my special tuna sound effect. All right. <laughs> so, anyway... He's writing these things that I think are kind of humorous, I, and, and um, kind you know, of. they're a little over the top. Uh, but you know, feminine. <laughs> uh, he didn't. He didn't violate any law here, and uh, and even the even the university officials admit that, and uh, even these commissars at the office of uh, white racial cleansing or whatever that is that they're running up there, even they have kind of admitted that. But anyway, apparently, Mr. Karinen had a, a little bit of pressure put upon him and, and like I said he, he, he he's blubbering for forgiveness and here here's what he said in response to this he said quote uh, he mm. shut down his own blog no, no. and he said I'm getting out of the blog business and yeah yeah he said quote I am deeply humiliated and ashamed by this experience and I under I now understand my place in the world much better therefore this will be enough of the virtual <laughs> world for me. I will sign yeah, off now permanently. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've got my mind right now, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. This is what it's come to. I want to apologize to everyone who I have hurt or insulted in my thoughtlessness. So, you know what? It's, it's really a shame. The guy wrote some funny things with some truth in it, and then to have him blubber and crawl on his stomach before these people. It, ah, it's you're just right. disheartening to see. You, you yeah, can never. Uh, anyway. It reminds me of the Regnef uh, blogger who also deep sixed his very entertaining and astute observations of uh, a black high school in Chicago. And uh, you know, what, what type of regime are we living under in which intelligent, witty hey. commentary mm -hmm. is, is not allowed? Well, I'll that tell you Jewish what. You know how they like to talk about everything's a social construct. I mean, uh, and everything comes from culture. Well, it's only the white male culture that appreciates logic and humor and that witty commentary you're talking about. The other ones just see it as offensive, and they see I'm being dis, I'm being disrespected. Make it stop. And if they have the power, by God, they'll do it. And that includes a very large proportion of white women, as well as these uh, other so-called minority groups that are actually the dominant and overwhelming majority. And, you know, that's a shame. I mean, if, if women ruled the world, you wouldn't be able to make fun of anything. You wouldn't have any kind of freedom. You would, uh, you would have to be respectful and be nice. Free, women don't understand freedom. I've made that point before. It's, it's, they understand safety, security, and being taken care of and provided for. Freedom only makes sense to men because they understand why a man might, you know, like, look, let, let Joe go. You know, Joe's, you know, I know it seems a little weird. Let, give the guy some room, man. You know, he's trying you to figure shit out. He might be eccentric, but he's a fucking genius. You know, it's like Camille Pagli said, the, the great 19th century British and German universities had respect for humor and toleration for people being a little weird. But if you live under a feminist, they don't want you laughing at anything. Everybody's got to be know, wearing dockers and uh, patent leather shoes. 
you got to be doing it. They just want to. Women just don't have a sense of humor. Really, the the last point I wanted to make on this is that you know it's a typical example of freedom and and law and free speech. These are white male cultural constructs to speak in the left's language and. When white males are removed from power, gee, all of a sudden freedom of speech goes with it. And the opportunity cost of this is we lose the brilliant commentary, as Aegis was saying, because people can't do it because they won't get hired, they won't get promoted. Essentially, you have to repeat, you have to parrot the party line, or you cannot get a job teaching even computer science in this country. So everybody has to be in favor of diversity. This is the Soviet Union all over again, and it's worse in Canada than in the U.S. But my, my point is that what, where are all the novels that aren't going to be written because of this? Where are the movies that aren't going to be made? Where are all the uh, newspaper articles, stories that aren't going to be written because the people couldn't get hired because they didn't believe in the party line? Well, they all go into something else. They go into computers or they go into law, and they try to do a little bit on the side, but huge amounts are lost. The opportunity cost of employing feminists and Jews is a lack of quality literature. And that's one of the things that pisses me off more than almost everything else about, about uh, political correctness, which is Semitical correctness, i.e. Jewish tyranny enacted uh, on top of our heads, is that we lose a lot of great writing. I, I mean, maybe I could say that's selfish, and I'm leaving aside the incredible, horrible crime, but, but the cultural cost of allowing Jews to dictate to the rest of us is, is beyond measure. That stuff cannot be replaced because it was never written filmed, produced in the first place. This is the horror of, of modern America, of a Jewed out world. Here, Alex, I, I believe you mentioned Camille Paglia, and uh, she's a writer that's written quite a lot about what you just said, and, and she refers to these people and, as Stalinists, uh, the feminist cabal and all yes. that. She outright, she outright calls them, uh, if you read, I forgot the name of that book, it's a good book, Sexual uh, persona, yeah. Sexual persona, and also she has she has a collection of uh, essays, which is great. It has one I can't remember the title, but it's about grad school, and she talks about them giving ha theory hangers to people without any facts. That is, they teach these people these leftist Stalinist theories, and but they don't have enough facts to know anything in the first place, so it's useless. So they talk about theory, they don't know any facts. They're not interesting. They're just dry. And she, I don't know if we we lost the recording earlier, but I was talking about her mentioning the great 19th century British and German universities and their respect for humor and difference and tolerance of, not tolerance in the leftist sense, but tolerance of eccentricity and the idea that people could go their own way. Well, that is completely lost in the modern university where you must be in lockstep with the submitically correct dictators or you never get hired. In fact, a lot of times you don't even get in as a student. You must conceal what you really think to go along with the leftist. And leftist is just a word that means Jews. Jews control the universities, as Craig and I have documented in the law schools. And we'll get to more on that in a minute when we talk about the new center at Yale. But, but my now, main point like there... One last thing about... Sure, I'm done. About Minister Kokorin and the Finn who teaches a school in, in, in Canada. And that um, he is well-liked by his students overall. And uh, his students have left favorable comments about him on his blog, and he's gotten high marks in the university. He's, he's well-liked. But you see, one misstep, one, one uh, slipped word, and uh, these, these Stalinists will come down and destroy you, and even, and that, even though you, you're, you're well-liked. Jeff, that's an excellent point. And it's perfectly parallel to my earlier criticism of leftist media critics who claim that it's all about big corporations and profit. Well, you know, if you have a professor that's extremely popular with the students and, and maintains standards, as this guy evidently does, 
and and yet that alone is 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 that could be a you know universities have a hard time attracting students a lot of times. Well, if you have great profs that people like and learn from, and yet you get rid of them because they don't tow the party line, why that's that's exactly it. It's not profit seeking that's driving these. It's a political agenda, and then this is just another reflection of that. Yeah, it, just on the tangential uh, uh, association there, uh, idio what is it, idiocracy? That's uh, one of the movies that Fox. Idi- idiocracy, Mike Judge's movie, the guy who Beavis and Butthead and, and King of the Hill. Right, another witty social commentary being deep six by uh, uh, the big. Excellent network. point, Aegis. That's another example of the media foregoing profits. Um, Mike Judge did the movie Office Space. He also did the comedy Beavis and Butthead, and he's done a new one, Idiocracy. About uh, did we talk about this before on Goyfire? No, this this came well, up on the blog. The, the guts of it is this: this guy wakes up a couple hundred years later in America that's so dumbed down that someone with a hundred IQ is is basically smarter than everyone else, and it, it's <laughs> uncomfortably close to modern American reality. I haven't seen it. The point is, this guy, this is a guy with a proven record of making money for a big media company, i.e., Fox, i.e half-Jew Murdoch, and they basically sat on his movie Idiocracy for two years, and they released it on six screens nationwide, whereas an average movie might get 1,200 screens or something. So they deliberately forsake profit for political agenda. Just as we saw at the Passion, Idiocracy is another example of that. Yeah, so in America, you can't get the, the culture. Is the culture, you're missing it. You're, it's, it's actively being snipped out of the main Aegis, I, the last movie I saw in a theater was Passion, and, and this is the first one since then, you know, a couple of years ago, that I would go see in a movie theater and pay money because uh, I think Mike Judge is pretty good. And, uh, of course, it's not released in Kirksville. It's released in, it wasn't released in New York City either. It was released in Austin and, like, five other places. And they know it will make money, but they're not releasing it because of the political message is too dangerous. You know, and, and they are breeding, I'm telling you, they are just breeding the perfect consumer and the perfect citizen is not the right word. The perfect, uh, the perfect consumer, endless amounts of consumables. He's obese. He drinks five gallons of Coke a day. He eats all the processed sugar-filled food you can get into. He pays full price for it. And then he buys all the, the fake dietary supplements that are, that are well-packaged, nothings. And then politically, he votes for one of the two wings of the governing party. And keeps the Jew empowered for all time, and and that's small brains and big mouth. Yeah, and this yeah. is the new world order that's suborning under the Jews. Yeah, speaking of which, well, we have a second professor that, uh, being hounded this time in Australia. Uh, one Tobin, this is uh, Tobin's uh, Institute, Adelaide Institute. He recently got a. A notice from the Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission. This is on his website from August 21st, 2006. And it's a complaint of racial hatred by a Jew trying to shut him down. And uh, it's on government letterhead. And he has 21 days to respond to this allegation of hate. Otherwise, it's jail or uh, uh, some type of monetary penalty for Mr. Tobin. And, and this would be a government equivalent to what went on in Canada. You know, the Jews set up things, and it's always in neutral terms. It's, and, and Pierce was the one who made me aware of this. I hadn't really thought about the full implication of the human rights. Not the human rights, but the, the human relations commissions was the one that, that, that Pierce used. And it's always set up as something equal 
or just human, or it's it's either vanilla, beige, neutral co- thing, but it's always coded. It always means anti-white. It's what we term laxism uh, as a way to highlight the hatred of the Jew for the Aryan. And you know, it basically, if you say anything critical of Jews, you should be shut down because you're a hater and an anti-Semite. And we see this in country after country, whether it's Simon Shepard in England, who the Jews are trying to shut down for running a Arkham cartoons about when the Jews take over and when the blacks take over. And we see it here in Australia where they're harassing a, a German-Australian named Friedrich Tobin who has printed some of the truth about uh, the big lie that is the Holocaust. And Miss Gillian Atkinson doesn't want him doing that. And he's a doctor, so... Uh, he's got a PhD. He's a very smart, uh, friendly, fun guy. And he, he has put up all kinds of pictures. He actually went over to the first Iranian conference on the Holocaust. And I assume he'll go back for the second... But, you know, you got a Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission Act, 1986, Hiroka, and she's, you know, I'm offended by this. And, and you have to answer that people don't like what you're writing in your website. You have to answer a, le- a formal legal charge that you've, you've hurt someone's feelings. When did that become the standard? Alex, she also said she's offended because of her race. In other words, she's now alleging because of her Jewish race. Well, that's interesting. I, did, I thought Jews were a religion, Craig. Well, it depends uh, in which moment. They could be a religion. They could be a criminal conspiracy. They could be a, uh, uh, a country. Or uh, they could be race. Guys, get this. I'm, I'm reading right now this, uh, this, this, this assertion by the... Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission, but it seems to be an online form that you can just fill out if you feel offended by anybody, and then the reasons for these complaints get sent automatically to the person who is making the the, the so-called offensive comment. So they have here the description, mm-hmm. and this is all on the adelaideinstitute.org's website. Uh, description of the event, and then here they say, this website discriminates against Jewish people with special mention of Jews from Uganda. It also alleges the Holocaust never occurred. I found this site when searching for Kangol caps in Australia looking for a shop that sells them. One Google link went to a page on this site, which was a derogatory and racist description of Ugandan Jews and their appearance. I am Jewish and have family members who died uh, blah blah blah. This site was deeply offensive, discriminatory, and disturbing outlook. Uh, I feel outraged and deeply offended. This insults the memory of my lost family. My blah blah blah. I want this site shut down permanently. I noticed that it isn't the first time this site and its founders have been subject to complaint. There are computer. Uh, these are standardized forms, apparently, that you can fill out online, and then the complaint is automatically sent to the person. Uh, with this uh, Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission letterhead, and you have to respond within 21 days. That could be anybody. Yeah. Yours sincerely, and this is all automatic response, Karen Truhey, delegate of the president. Yeah, and where Jews run things, the the feminine mindset is allowed to, to, to spread like wildfire. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That makes sense to most women, and where Jews hold power, that becomes the law. You can't criticize them. How are they going to feel if you point out that they're responsible for 90% of interracial violent acts? They're not going to feel good. That's not going to help them. Well, they they don't understand that mentality. My self-esteem is plummeting. 
Yeah, and, and they, they're going to, you know, don't go outside without your coat. That's another thing you're going to hear from women. And what's the translation of that? If you want to ride a motorcycle, you have to wear a helmet. You have to do this. You have to do, if you want to ride a bike, you have to wear a helmet. That's the law in a lot of places, believe it or not. You can't I'm ride a bike. I'm protecting you from yourself. Yeah, exactly. They also and, don't understand that uh, we're actually defending them by doing white nationalist activities, them and children. I no. really don't grok that, and that's unfortunate because it's elemental to what we're doing. Be, because they're, uh, they're myopic. They're, they're biologically attuned to what is immediately around them and the feelings and sensitivities of others. And that, when taken out of its familial context and put into politics, is extremely dangerous to the whole group, that it is the male's responsibility and biological uh, uh, bent to protect. So to men have to be future. in politics. Men are the ones who check the perimeter, yes, both literally and figuratively. They, look, they scan for problems and fend them off. And this and is why also white nationalists tell each other that if women have gone wild in this country, or have, we've allowed them to have Jewish feminism run wild, and so we're ultimately responsible. And yeah, so if we're, you're not doing something for white nationalism, then you're responsible. Yeah, you, you, women are only the, the, the direct problem but the real problem is as Craig says it's with the males the males have failed in their duty to uh, dis to protect the country to protect everything yes to, 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 they have failed to perceive the Jews as what they are an enemy that is hostile to all of our collective families that constituted our formerly white nations in failing to do that and allowing the Jews to take it over they have allowed the Jews to corrupt our sense organs so that we're only able to perceive them as either just another subset of whites or people who are actually doing good for the country uh, I've mentioned it before but in the, because I'm a little bit older I just want to say it again I hope maybe the guys my age will get it but in the 1970s, the Associated Press in this country ran ream after ream of front-page stories, essentially editorials couched within the paragraph of news pieces talking about white men. It was uh, Gloria Steinem, Bella Abzug, Betty Friedan, on and on and on. This went on for, I would say, the better part of a decade, and, and people who lived through that time remember it. Yeah, they promoted this sterile, hostile ideology and, well, we're reaping the results of it today, as we see in the story about uh, um, the Finnish guy up in Canada. And uh, did, did I get through saying my thing uh, about how I, I'm not just talking, I've done this. And the, these nigger bitches told me to come up and defend an article I'd written. And I went up there, and you know what I did? I defended what I wrote. And, and that's the thing. What they expected was my public humiliation and my groveling. And, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Article I wrote called Off Color. The, making fun of the term of color, and I didn't. I said, I, I said, this is what I wrote. This is why I think it's funny. And there was one out of about 25 colored chicks who, who sort of understood what I was going for. The rest, it was just over their head, and they it quickly broke down into their babbling. But the minute you don't give in to them, goddamn, all the power's in your hand. You call me an anti-Semite, I don't give a fuck what you think. Call me a racist, why do I care what you think? You're an asshole. You're a moron. You don't have my best interest in mind. <laughs> I've done what I've done honestly, and I'm not backing down from it. And th that makes me and I'm a Dinajada, and I hope you listening to this. You don't have to take shit from niggers and Jews. That simple. Come and get one in the yarbo! If you have any yarbo! That simple. 
It's a decision you make. Oh, I'm going I'm to truckle and give in. Oh, they can hurt my income. Well, go fucking work at McDonald's. They don't care if you're a fucking racist. At least you've still got your integrity. You can, you can make food and provide for yourself, even if you have a humble job. If, if they kick you out, then, it, then maybe that's how it's supposed to be. If you can only if you can only keep your job at the price of intellectual slavery, I mean, what are you worth? And don't say, oh, that's out. easy for you to do. You don't have any kids. I do have kids, right? You know, I, I could truck with you. Oh, I'm sorry I ever wrote anything racist. Please hire me, you know, full-time as editorial. I'll never write anything making fun of Jews or minorities. I want to be, I agree, we should be very, very careful about that, as Cheryl told me when I showed him that exact same column. Fuck no, we need to go after them. That's what the person with integrity does. They say, this is where the problem lies, especially if you're a satirist. You're supposed to find out these are the problems in society and point them up in an amusing or at least true way and get some of them solved, perhaps, the ones that are soluble, solvable. That's what you do. So we have integrity here at Goyfire. We are not pulling any punches. We're not, we're not going out of our way to offend anybody either. A few months ago, Mexicans turned out millions of people in the streets of the United States of America to hectoring and lecturing and haranguing white people is essentially what it amounted to. And uh, whites oftentimes will not be able to turn out more than a couple of hundred people at best. And if you think that there's not something awry with this and cantilevered and uh, essentially mentally ill, then take another look. When you've got hundreds of thousands of foreign invaders marching under their own flag and your TV networks are telling you that they're all American, <laughs> your country's down the tube, son. <laughs> it's yeah, over. Like, uh, the buildings over are collapsing. The <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, demolition. <laughs> There's, yeah, I mean, it, it, the nation, and for practical purposes, is it appears to be standing. It appears like things are functioning, but we're telling you the truth. And it is functioning in part, but on, on a local level. And, and every decision since the Civil War has been taken out of Washington. Well, that's cool. So you get a, you know, you get a couple thousand Jewish advisors and, and lobbyists, and all of a sudden they're the ones running the country, determining what's in the textbooks, determining what politicians are allowed to say reporting it in frames that, that help Jewish interests and hurt Aryan interests. This is the situation of America. And look what a dangerous, nasty, ugly beast it's become under the Jew. It kills people while haranguing them. Yeah, well, uh, for a good example of this, we have Yale opening an anti-Semitism department. Um, this is new. Uh, we have... Increasingly, Jewish communities around the world feel under threat, said Charles Small, director of the New Yale Initiative for Interdisciplinary Study of Anti-Semitism. I think we need to understand the current manifestation of this disease, end quote. Uh, Jane, Alex, have you been watching this closely, as I have? Well, I, to me, I note that it's a parallel to the State Department office they set up to record incidents of global anti-Semitism. It's just another way of the Jews profiteering double. They get paid to heap shit on their enemies and call it an academic discipline rather than it, it's pure politics is what it is, and it's actually just pure hate. You know, what's the term for, for Jews who hate Aryans, and they all do. They train their kids up in it. Even the best of the goyim should be killed. Where's the center to study the effects of that doctrine on on us, on me and my kids and my family and my community and my nation? Jews are the haters. And yet, yet again, you, you see whites taxed to provide special privileges for Jews. 
while the Jews hate him for it. Yeah, just like the, the Arabs, they hate in Israel. The head of this institute is Canadian kike Charles Asher Small. I presume he's Canadian because he got his bachelor's degree in political science from McGill University, which is right there in Montreal. It's the major university in Montreal. And uh, it's interesting that they're just platoons, literally, of these, these uh, Jews who essentially, they go between three countries in large measure, and that is the United States, Canada, and Israel. And, uh, for instance, uh, this Charles Small, he taught at Ben-Gurion University, Tel Aviv University, and Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And uh, we've also looked at Gonzaga, Gonzaga University in the Northwest, which was also funded by, funded by international jewelry, and Morris Dees uh, had a lot to do with that from the Southern Poverty Law Center. What, what's and the name of that institute? Gonzaga, I think it's Institute for the Study of Hate, isn't it? Yeah, it's something like that. I just want to make the point that, you know, you're starting to see this crap pop up as though it's a legitimate academic discipline. Sure. And, and I believe Gonzaga was a Catholic-founded school. Yeah, that's the ultimate irony there. So they're, they're able to take I'm these... I'm pretty sure that's a Catholic school. It, it, see, it aids the Jews in pretending that these are objective terms, like hate is a real phenomenon. Anti-Semitism is a real phenomenon that must be studied like quarks and neutrons. Hate is out there. It's in all of us, but it's, you know, it's some of us a lot more. It's never in Jews. So it's not in all of us. But, you know, it's, it's treated these, these hallucinations and paranoia that Jews have as though it's, it's an objectively real phenomenon. Oh, hate and anti-Semitism are real. I don't see how anybody could deny them. Now they try, the next they deny the Holocaust. He's created documentary films on racism and immigration. And get this, he, he's done advocacy work on behalf of the Roma, that is, the gypsy population in Lithuania. And the gypsies in Bulgaria and Lithuania are just... Terribly hated because they're criminals, pickpockets, and thieves and sneaks. So, <laughs> gone into Europe and promote essentially the equivalent of Mexicans in the United States. Yeah, and I love that. When did they become Roma? No, it's like it about the same time that illegal aliens became undocumented workers. Why not undocumented co-workers? Illegal immigrants. Yeah, well, isn't it interesting that they can get to the micromanagement of? the emotions of other population groups and are able to set the parameters of what they're allowed to feel uh, and, and what is what what they're what they can feel and be legitimate and what they can't feel and, yeah, and, and that's what makes them illegitimate. You're you're right and they, the only way you can do that is when you control the mass media. There's no otherwise if I controlled the mass media I would talk about loxism. I would say, look, and, and everybody would be talking about laxism and say it's a, it's a great horror. I can say it led to the death of, of uh, you know, the transmission of 15 million Germans and all kinds, the deaths of all kinds of Aryan people. This is Jewish evil, and, and in Russia they killed all kinds of people. Jewish hate is practically the lever that moves the entire world, and yet it's a phenomenon utterly without a name until we gave it one. And you know how they're always incriminating Caucasians for not coming to the aid of Jews during the uh, aftermath of World War II in Poland yes. and in Russia, so or rather, end in uh, Germany. Well, what, why did, what about all the Jews in Germany that didn't come to the aid of whites when when the Jews were uh, Jewish communists were killing whites by the that, millions? That's a damn good point, Craig, and I've never heard anyone make mm -hmm. that point before. You know, where where were all these Jews in Russia and Poland? And Germany coming to the aid of the innocent whites murdered by the Jewish commissars under uh, Stalin. 
starving tens of millions. Did the Jews write that up in their paper? Hell no, they fucking denied it. Walter Durante won a Pulitzer Prize, and New York Times has never returned. New York Times is a Jew-owned paper, covering up Stalin's and the Jews' mass murder of people through starvation in the Ukraine and Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah so but why don't the Lebanese today, they're supposed to thank the Jews for bombing them back into the Stone Age. And, and, and the, all the neocons are the only ones who become syndicated colonists or are writing about how careful the Jews are not to kill civilians, yet shows they killed ten civilians for everyone's so-called uh, Hezbollah, whereas the Hezbollah, was, the ratio is something like three to one. And there's so, so many. Michelle Malkin's husband, Jesse Malkin, is, is a Jew, and uh, they're always out there with a the neocon agenda, too. There are just so many. They're just going on. David Horowitz. and Really, if you listen to right-wing talk radio, you're hearing them all. Daniel Pipes, Charles Krauthammer, just goes on and on. Yeah, the left or right, they're all pro-Israel, aren't they? <laughs> the Jews are our best friend. <laughs> Before Israel now, in the Middle East, we didn't have any enemies. <laughs> now all they do is cost us money and make us enemies, and we're supposed to act like they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, you've got this clown, the Mangina, uh, Glenn Beck on the CNN, which is trying to turn into Fox 2 from all appearances. Um, you know, he's, he's running segments uh, once a week on hating France. And it's kind of like played off like it's kind of a I hate France. I really hate France. And he does this uber faggoty little thing where he'll look off to the side like he's thinking really hard to characterize it just right. And then he'll come back with some stupid little witticism. And the, this, is, this is the mentality. He admitted he was of German descent. He's a typical, he, he looks like, you know, a lot of lenders, and I'm sure a lot of you listen to this, a German descendant, oh, you know, my ancestors came from Germany, and I, you know, raided the Holocaust. Oh, they had to know. They had to know about the Holocaust. And the, the ability of these uh, Aryans to be impregnated with guilt is truly, it may prove biologically enough to do them in as a race, but I'll tell you what, I don't have it. I ain't guilty. If, if I'm responsible for something, I apologize and try to make it better, but if I'm not, fuck it, I'm not accepting any guilt. I'm not some sucker Christian. Oh, original sin, evil. No, screw that. You know, we, one of the best signs I saw from those uh, NSM rallies uh, this summer was, uh, uh, it was one that said, we don't have white guilt. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorite signs I saw. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. We don't have all change that too. We here at Goyfire don't have white guilt. Fuck no. The yeah. Jews are guilty. Who ever heard of a Jew being embarrassed about something or admitting guilt? They don't ever admit anything. All they do is attack. And that's where we saw Ahmadinejad up in New York this week, and he refused to take any shit from them. He refused to accept their frames, and you could tell in the New York Times article I posted on the main VNN page, they, they don't like that, because that's their whole game. Their whole game is framing it one way and forcing you into it and demanding that you accept their terms and debate on their terms and using their words and with their frame of reference. If we want to talk about your policy. Why are you denying them? Hey, I want to talk about your fucking policy, faggot. You, that's how you've got to fight them. You gotta, that's bringing a gun to a gunfight. Impose your terms and your frames and your arguments on them. The only way you can beat them. It's yeah. not guaranteed, but what is guaranteed is if you accept Jewish frames and Jewish terms such as hate and anti-Semitism, you will lose. You have lost before you even begun to fight. And so many whites don't even realize that. Yeah, well, Gene, you've been going into this Princeton. Uh, we talked about Yale. Now we've got Princeton. Uh, yeah. Something like up, upwards to 30% of their faculty is uh, Jewish. Or Yeah, I would say it's somewhere between 25 to 30. A few of them are a little more dubious than others. One here, Olga Litvak says she earned her Ph.D. in Jewish history from Columbia, and she came here when she was 10 years old. She's very young, so probably she came in the Jimmy Carter airlift of Soviet Jews with the first name Olga. 
And uh, the reason I got interested in it is I was reading, reading about Jan T. Gross, who wrote a famous uh, book called Neighbors. It's famous in the Holocaust multi-billion dollar industry. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, Norman Finkelstein, who mm. is a historical revisionist and is also a Jew, he's essentially uh, broken down this book and all the inconsistencies and uh, proven what a poor work of scholarship it was, and yet it was one of the finalists in a major national prize. And and this is very common. Uh, Alex was mentioning earlier about how Jewish publishers, I mean, if you go in borders or something, it's just <laughs> the only books. Yeah, well, you know, Craig, you know how publishing is. There's about six big houses. I think either five or six of them are all owned by Jews. And uh, <laughs> the thing is, the good literature, again, the opportunity cost, is that Jews controlling all these industries as well as academia means that the good stuff is never created, let alone published or disseminated. Mm-hmm. And you, you, whites have to do it themselves from day on. We aren't getting any, any foundation grants to produce this show. We can't go to the NEA and say, look, we have a really good political commentary show that it, it should be of great interest to the majority of whites. We'd like a million dollars to set up a studio and invite guests. No, we're doing this of our own accord because we know that it's right. And, and this country is set up wholly to subsidize the Jews and their colored tools and, and help them eat us. It's just one segment these of, are only of the animals few. preying on another. Yeah, these are only a few. This is, a, again, one sector of our society. It's not media. It's not lawyers. It's educational institutions. And here they've made a whole subset of uh, study out of the Holocaust. And this movie we recommended a week or two ago at opposingdigits.com it's called One Third of the Holocaust. If you search One Third of the Holocaust on Google and then a plus sign movie, you'll find it. Is he going to make an additional movie covering the other two thirds at some point? Is that his project? They have a whole. I didn't mean that in a joke. Know. I mean, honestly. No, no, I didn't. It's coughing, but it is kind of funny because uh, if he does as good a job as he did in the first third, any, the first third is two million of them, right? So, he Jeff, Jeff, you said you saw that, didn't you? And it made you extremely mad? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, well, look, I, I, I watched the last, uh, like, a half hour of it just recently, and what really made me mad is that, is that he he brought up at the end, uh, as a tangential kind of point to the side, that the effect of this on the German population, and I am of German descent uh, in part, uh, is, is demoralization. And, and, uh, and, and as a result of that, the birth rates uh, are, are are drastically falling. The German people have a a stone around their neck, uh, and and are and are being dragged down into the depths of the ocean, drowning because of this Holocaust nonsense. And I tell you what, those goddamn Jews are are loving every minute of it, seeing seeing a subset of the best of our race being destroyed. Uh, through the Jews' political power and and their and their historical narratives, and, and I'm telling you, it made me mad. It made me real mad. And that's why I'm Your, reading. This is a as you said as, as you said on that Conway and Whitman. This this story is a blood libel against the Germans, and it's not just the Germans; it's the entire race of mm-hmm. ours. This Holocaust story is, is, is a genocidal yeah. campaign against our race. And uh, and and they're taking down the, the very they're taking down the very center the, of our race, the heart of Europe, in, in, in and my the, worldview, the heart, the of, heart Europe. of Europe. And they published books to this end. At the same time, they were covering up the mass murder of whites yep. by Jews in the Ukraine. They were publishing books calling for the 
Sterilization and the Genocide of Whites. And these books were published by the top U.S. publishing company and promoted with great reviews by the New York Times. The same paper whose Walter Durandi won the Pulitzer Prize for coloring up, covering up the real holocaust of whites in the Ukraine. These people hate us and mean to do us in. And I'm talking about the Jews forever. mean to do in us Aryans forever and end our racial line. And that is the truth. And you will never it's hear also it very, in controlled media. It's so diabolical the way they grab our young people in the schools, and our own public schools, and inculcate them with this nonsense at such a young age. And they control their yes. minds and their whole lives afterwards, so that they're too timid and afraid to even uh, examine like any other point of view. Like we said last Goy Fire discussing homosexuality, they mean to turn the marginal white woman into a a uh, race mixer, and they mean to turn the marginal white man into a wigger or into a homo, a queer. Yeah, and all the while holding and reserving the moral high ground for themselves and only themselves, whereas everyone yes. else and is the university a, a maniac well. and, and a psychopath. Those people that, I, I've mentioned this before, and this is, a, you know, I've mentioned this before, those people, and I think, uh, who describe the Jews in terms of, of a, a religious movement that really want to take over the world and in, institute laws to, to enslave everyone, I'm really starting to believe certain aspects of that story. Uh, because, you know, you look at the outlines of what they're doing, and uh, boy, it, it, it certainly seems something. We've, we've mentioned the term diabolical many times on this program, and what they're doing is truly diabolical. And if, it, mm -hmm. if it's an evolutionary mechanism that can be explained by science, that's one thing. But it certainly can be ex explained in, in spiritual terms as well. And uh, uh, they are, they are yeah. something extremely evil. The, there's no word but the heavyweight term evil that can describe yeah. a people that at every point it touches every other people withers, damages, and does them harm. Okay, we had we had race problems yeah. in this country as long as it existed, since the first slaves were brought here. Well, we tried to deal with them as best we could in, in an honest acknowledgement of the differences between the two races. They're two separate interests, and look, let's at least we can segregate you until we can find a way to get you back to Africa and live among your fellows. And, and we dealt with them fairly well. But the Jew came in, and, and, and he destroyed both the black and the white community. And we won't be hypocrites here pretend we care about the black community but if we have any black listeners you go read up on what Farrakhan and the data he compiled from Jewish sources proving what what how destructive the Jews were and how how, how very deeply involved they were in the uh, in the slave trade and and the absolute lack of respect and the historian they Tony Martin Tony Martin got the treatment that many of these white professors have been accorded. Uh, he was at Wellesley, and he used Farrakhan's book, the, the Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, and he got the same uh, treatment. He had people, Jews surreptitiously taping his classes, and all because he used facts that were taken from Jewish sources. It's just like the passion. The Jews in, in the Bible, the Jews say, his blood be on us and upon our children. And you quote them later, the Jew doesn't even... You're anti-Semitic if you quote a Jew at a point at which it's not politically beneficial to the Jew. If you understand the irony there, I mean they're yeah. that that's chutzpah. Yeah, well, the, like Charles Barkley claimed he was misquoted in his own biography. You know, if you quote me, yeah, I said it then, but it was in my interest then. You know, now yeah, it's not in my interest. So if you quote me, you're an anti-Semite. Yeah, well, the gypsies are also an unde undesirable, subversive population, and one of the things they do is well, there are thievery 
uh, families of gypsies. And one one of the things they'll do is they'll cut the thumbs off of their younger children, and they'll have them so they could easy more easily slide in the pockets. And they'll set up like bells. Uh, so that you have to get your hand through the bells without ringing them. And Jews really learn through pilpul and other techniques how to lie to people. Uh, and What and is pilpul? What is pilpul for listeners who haven't heard the term before? Yeah. If you want to defer to me, I'll try to remember what pilpul is. That's Jews come out of a tradition in which they were kept in ghettos because Christians and white Christians in Europe recognize that this is a different and hostile people. We need to keep them separate from us. And also the rabbis themselves to, to maintain their complete totalitarian control wanted the Jews to be kept in, in these uh, ghettos. Which, and, and I'm making a sub-point for uneducated people who don't realize that ghettos originally referred to Jewish quarter of a city, not to the black quarter. And so they lived in these, and the Jewish ideal is basically the male should sit around all day doing nothing but studying the Talmud and debating it. And Pilpul is their tradition of hair-splitting debate over in, basically insane small points. But the point is that it prepared them verbally to have a certain type of mindset and a certain cultural tradition in, in essentially bullshit so that when they were liberated by Napoleon and they became citizens rather than members of a disgusting genetic mafia that was walled off, they came in and dominated the verbal professions, law and politics and uh, media. And they came right, to take it over. And that's how... Saying whatever you had to say and so that was... Use pill at the moment. Yeah, pill pull the tradition of hair splitting uh, debate, basically lying is is essentially what you got there is uh, organized lying. Lying is a cultural tradition and pattern. Is Alan Dershowitz is a perfect example of that you know black is white, and OJ didn't murder anybody and blame the cops and 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 uh, oh if you if you oppose what I'm doing for logical rational ground citing evidence you're a hater. Now that's that's all pill pull. Right, and, so and it's, it's recognizing your advantage and then just throwing anything uh, into the face of, of people working against that. It's Yeah, it's spewing clouds of, of verbal bullshit, just like a squid squirts a bunch of ink to escape from a right. predator and, who's caught him. And, of him. course, doing it so well that you're not hitting any of the bells when you're when you're putting that dagger into their back yeah. or into their heart or their kidney. You're not ringing the bells. Uh, to alarm anybody else. Yeah, the the gypsies, now they're, they're so-called Roma, to try to give them a better aroma, uh, train their kids up in the way to steal. Well, the Jews are like gypsies with brains, and, and they use their brains to lie, and they use their lying to win them political advantage and money, and they're very successful at it. So successful, they're able to cover their tracks so that they are not even recognized as a hostile, a clan that is hostile to the other clans. But that's what our mission is here to spread. For whatever reason, we are, have become aware of the Jews and are fighting back against them. And we want you to join us because it's in your interest, not just our interest. It's all of our interest. The only way we can win is working together and <clears throat> using our Aryan uh, creativity and intelligence more than anything to identify the Jew, paste the yellow star on them like they did in Hitler's times. Because if they're a Jew, they should be proud of being a Jew. They should want the whole world to know that they're a Jew. But in fact, what Jews ordinarily prefer is to not be known as Jews, to be Jews among themselves, to be Yiddish in private, but British in public, is one way that they put it. Well, we want to identify them, point out the hostility they have for ordinary white people, and protect ordinary white people by organizing. Yeah, because of course they're always selling their programs as humanitarian and beneficial for all. Always in fact, they use, the opposite is the case. Yeah. Without ringing the bell, huh? They always use neutral terms. They use scientific or 
universal uh, explanation so that whatever benefits them is always camouflaged so that they don't want you to make out that, oh, this benefits the Jews but hurts me. And they want to put across their programs as universally beneficial to all humanity will benefit from loosing uh, low IQ, violent, impulsive niggers. Affirmative action. Civil rights. They never call it attack on white people or this will be good for Jews who hate white people. White traditions or anything. Yeah. Or losing right, savage well, niggers on civilized white humans. They don't call it that. They call it civil rights. But it's the same thing. And don't be fooled by labels like so many idiots are. They know that the vast mass of, mass of people cannot see beneath the level of label. And grant labels a really a, a almost spiritual reality. Or, or Labels are more real to people than reality is. Reality is an important secondary sort of influence. But labels dominate. So yeah, people well, are very afraid of being racist. Or you don't believe in the, the Holocaust? <gasps> you know, you're, you're, you know they, they're taken up with words when words are just a, an approximate, a way to approximate reality when used honestly. And the Jews seldom use them honestly. Because it ain't in their interest to use them honestly. Truth in advertising? Yeah. Truth in, I said truth in labeling for media. You know, if, if they printed, you know, they ought to stamp, just like they do in the side of a can of beans, they stamp, you know, this many carbohydrates per serving and, and all the vitamins and stuff. Well, stamp in a syndicated column, is this guy a Jew? Is this guy married to a Jew? You know, what's his, oh, he's a, he's a Christian, but he's a convert from Judaism. Oh, that's interesting. And you would be amazed. I mean, that little fact alone, as many people have said, when you're watching TV with someone or whatever, a political show, maybe at one of your relatives' house, point out, hey, there's a panel of four and three of them are Jews. How about Queen that? Bono. Only 2% of the population, but 75% of the people on talk shows. But Point they're that still stuff Police does, yeah. Yeah, but they're always speaking for the community, Alex. That's sure they big are. Big-hearted. Yeah. That's their great pretense, <laughs> is that we in Kirksville, you know, a Jew and the people he's got to sign his letter, we are against hate. You know, but they don't speak for the community. They, they impose themselves on the community. They always claim to, but they don't represent the community. So is it a case of thinking big and acting small? It's a case of their being organized and knowing what they're up to, and, and a large part of their program must be hiding their nature and their agenda from the people they mean to control. Well, we have here on an ear-related note a Mexican dust ball in advertising. Now, this uh, apparently has caught your eye. It's an advertising campaign connected to the PSP uh, device uh, that Sony is now marketing. Yeah, I don't know if people have TV and haven't given that up. They've probably seen this, and we have a link to this commercial. And it's a goose and a grease ball. Grease ball is a tita-tong uh, accent, and uh, this is just an example of the mainstream of slash Mexican attitudes and, and culture. And the thing is, this Mexican Greek is touting the virtues of this Sony PSP. Oh, man, music. He's like, how do you entertain yourself on the road without it? Oh, man, you shit on people's heads? Oh, man, that does sound pretty entertaining. He's talking to a goose, you know, about, about the goose using this when he's on the road. And... and Oh, you poop on people's heads? Oh, man, that does sound really entertaining. 
And this this is just the kind of shit that drives me nuts and is be, going to become more and more regular as the percentages of the population change. They're essentially the baseline American's going to be a nigger. And he's going to be appealed to, and whatever I do that's offensive, well, that's cool. Shitting on people's heads is cool. Painting graffiti is cool. Being a stupid nigger who murders people is cool, like the first story we talked about today. Why did he kill them? My God, he didn't even have a damn motive. He, I so mean, he they lowered the standards so much that they know that this will attract the, the under thirty crowd. Well, yeah, I mean, they've turned it's already a done deal. Yeah. So the main beef is that this commercial represents a, a paradigm shift of them the mainstreaming uh, accommodating, of accommodating and Mexicans. The mainstream mainstreaming of nigger and, and nigger encompasses Mexican too. You know, just the this in this particular example, it's more niggery. But the idea that it's like, oh man, that does sound pretty entertaining. You know, about a goose shitting on people's heads. Yeah, of course it's a joke, but that is exactly the Mexican attitude. I go out at midnight and I, you know, I paint the overpass. I spray graffiti wherever I go, and and uh, just that this is rebellious or this is cool. Getting a stupid tattoo or disfigure yourself with some ugly ink and paying for the privilege. I mean, it's just like taxing yourself to grow colonies of niggers, an otherwise uh, attractive white body. It's a microcosm. Yeah, well, Sony has also made a, a splash with uh, racially uh, um, uh, insensitive ad campaigns. Uh, there was the, the other PSP blow up where they had actually a white woman holding a, a niggeress by the collar and uh, with the under, with the the. the the line, well, white is back. So oh. they were deliberately uh -huh. capitalizing on this underlying white frustration with non-whites and trying to hawk their product at the uh, same but time. But that is the one that was controversial. I uh, See, I may have seen that ad one time, whereas I've seen very this one all well, kinds of times. Went. And, yeah, that did have a symbolic effect, but I think they quickly removed that. Yeah, well, I, again, I, I guess this isn't, this isn't offensive enough for them or... I guess they realize they got a lot more press out of capitalizing on so-called taboos. Of course, you can't talk about race in the qual. Uh, somebody was, might learn something. Even that modest symbolism was enough to set off people bitching and complaining, whereas I'm the only one you'll hear complaining about this kind of PSP crap with a talking grease ball celebrating shitting on people. <laughs> I mean, what is there to Mexican culture beyond shitting on other people? It's nasty, violent, vicious, stupid stuff with an overlay of Catholicism that makes some of the morons in the U.S. happy. All right, well, we got a way out topic here of uh, people being drawn to animal bordellos. Uh, you heard that right. There are people actually flocking to have sex with animals in organized, uh, what would you call them, um, Whorehouses, <laughs> hen houses. I don't know, but this is a, this it's a is heavy petting out. zoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah this, uh, this is Jane. You might have some more details on this, but Alex, you've been following <laughs> this too, right? I don't even like to talk about it because it's in Norway and Denmark, two countries which don't, which don't regulate this. And coincidentally, uh, in some of these countries, at least I should say, in Amsterdam and um, Holland. They actually have high-rise animal factories for a slaughter where they just go straight up with concrete. Maybe they'll evolve that to sex. If so, we should fly niggers over there for free sex trips to cut down the crime in the United States. Well, what's the fee here? $70 to $185, there it is. $85 to 170 
I guess the snuff film version of this will be filmed in a slaughterhouse then, right? Yeah, the Jews will probably go there and film that. That's right. They're they're trying to start some kind of franchise called Hamsterdam, where you you go there and they give you some electrician's tape, and they only charge you, you know, like five bucks per hamster. So, I don't know. It's very decadent, and and, I mean, it's worse than decadent, but I mean, well, one farmer says he thinks the, the animals kind of like it, and uh, I mean... This is so depraved. And, and, and then cow. again, don't forget, we're haters here. That's the main thing to remember. This is, you're hearing about this hate from us, so we must be depraved. Well, Craig, Craig you remember there, there was a quote from, I think, Thomas Henry Huxley that it, it, maybe it came from a, from a novel. There's so many Huxleys, I'm not sure which, but uh, they'll take away your political freedom, i.e. your free speech, as we've discussed earlier in this show, and in return you get sexual license up to and including whichever kind of animal you want to fuck. That will be perfectly legal. But, you know, discussing the problems of a feminized college, no, you can't talk about that at all. Do you think that's a fair trade? White man listening to this, are you willing to trade your freedom of speech for your freedom to fuck, you know, animals? I'm that's not big willing hit. to trade that. These sex tours are big hits, apparently, according to both these online reports. And, again, the, the, the cost is 85 to $170 a uh, that that that's more than uh, nigger whores uh, cost in Waikiki. I know that from having lived there so long and uh, and been in the livery business. And they got a photo here. A Danish animal offer animal owner offers his horse to a Danish journalist claiming to be interested in animal sex. So there you go. I mean that that's uh, post Christian. The, the Christians would say there you go. There's your post Christian moral borders breaking down. I don't know. I don't think Aryans are in favor of. Uh, Animal sex. And well, it's a depraved class. So they, these are in Nordic countries, and that's why it's very disturbing. And uh, they're the depraved class, the same ones, I would say, in general, that are running our institutions and have allowed Jews and uh, to, to control our military. To con- I mean, the military in terms of uh, people like Richard Pearl and, other, and the universities, the institutions, it, it's just the same anything-goes, laissez-faire attitude that are destroying the West in general. Mm-hmm. Although this is... It's uh, more extreme than... uh, But the clients tell us that it is much simpler to buy animal sex in Denmark than in their own country, a horse owner from Nord Yiland told the newspaper. Yeah, well, think about it. Sexual gratification is the goal, then what's the problem? I mean, there's all these gays out there. It's just animalistic. It's not hurting anybody. That's what the Jews would tell us. It's not hurting anybody. Well, since animals can't talk, I mean, if you want to have sex with an animal, why would you want to pay for it? Why wouldn't you go find an animal and do it? <laughs> I mean, I know that's... They I, want I consensual owners, <laughs> Alex. Yeah, I can't wait for my two weeks, Bob. I'm going over to Denmark to hey, maybe fuck some animals. on the ceilings or something. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Pump in 50 cent while you're banging the dog. <laughs> I mean... I'm surprised in Nordic countries where animals should have more rights than white humans, I, w- I would think. I mean, wouldn't you assume that... i, I got to say the Nordic countries are a tad bit odd in, in some of their mentality. They, they tend to have a very, very loose on the sexual stuff and very restricted on some of the other stuff in, in ways that are even past what you see in the Anglo or German countries. Well, they're well, so yeah, really. well, that's what, Even what happened in Wisconsin when the when the Nordics up there allowed niggers from Chicago to come up there and get free welfare over the past twenty some years, and yeah. uh, they generously passed it out. Yeah, so think about it. Any society that'll let blacks in and call them citizens, there are no no standards. The, 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 there's nothing to to keep 
any, to keep anything in place, really. Mm-hmm. There's no self-respect, period. So animals getting married and, I mean, uh, what, 50 years ago, miscegenation was an outlaw. Today, you can go to Denmark and marry a, a Congo jet black savage with a, a, a Nordic Aryan woman, and it's perfectly legal. So why shouldn't this be? Shouldn't Pretty much really anything goes except questioning the government. Right, and it's allowing this anything goes. Policy. This really is. They're taking the natural frustration that might show up in political action, and they're trying to turn it into all kinds of crazy things, you know, tattoos or, or piercings or screwing animals or some kind of dysgenic subculture. Yeah, some kind of subculture that, that destroys itself and doesn't pose a problem to the government. It's an outlet. Animal sex is just one, of, one more outlet for whites who might otherwise tear down this insane system. Yeah, the big thing in communism was alcoholism. In fact, that was sponsored by the government. They had or subsidized vodka, which they would pass out at every opportunity and give people... Uh, Talk about uh, an admission of, of failure of a government. I mean, uh, we'd like you to get drunk so you don't notice how miserable your actual life is thanks to our insane policies that benefit a handful of Jews and, and, and Jew appeasers and no one yeah, else. Yeah, and you see it. Alex, these are living people that are just wrecked, like a, lot, a wrecked generation of alcoholics and psychologically I think people. I think you see some of that in the U.S., although it's not they don't take the form of alcoholics, but people who think they just don't have anything to live for because a lot of people, if they're not able to recognize the symptoms, that, that doesn't or the, the cause, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't feel the thing as strongly as, as those who do. And they see, they just, there's a fundamental feeling that, man, this doesn't make sense. It's not prepared for me or set up. It, it's, it, it's hostile to me in some pervasive, insidious way. I can't really define it easily, but I don't want to listen to that nigger shit. And I don't believe in all this feminist garbage, but, but I don't see anything else out there. I don't see any other option. I think Lita hit on that in, in our discussion That's on the. Free Talk Live. Pierce called this alienation, and you know he talked about all these people like the Goths and all these odd subcultures of people putting weird Tahitian tattoos all over their bodies and and uh, 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 rings in their tongues and noses and and all this sort of thing and going third world and you know he, this was the, this was alienation that was causing this people to get involved in these you know weird subcultures. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that that uh, don't make any sense, of, you know, from the outside, and uh, you know because it gives their life some sort of you know meaning and and it gives, or something. It it offers them something because yeah, they're, the, all you're right. the the larger society can offer them is just uh, is just uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know alienation. They're trying to why should get alienated from our yeah. own political um, existential losses. You know, well, whites are being their own perspective. You know, whites are being forced to fit into a system that's designed to be hostile to them, and this produces psychic pain. And they try to transmute yes. this into physical pain, or, or uh, yeah, I, I really do like this thing that's killing me. And that's a desperate attempt to come to grips and make some kind of meaning out of what kind of animal? It, it, it's animal cruelty essentially. Whites are animals to the Jews, and they're being cruel to us. They're forcing us to live in, in conditions that don't fit you know, us, and that's proven by the birth rate alone. From the birth rate and no other figure, you could know that, that uh, Hitler was good for Germany because they were having kids. They were expanding. And now across Europe, nobody's having kids. 
You know, Russia has a new program to give families, I believe it's 5,000 pounds to have children, and they, the governor of one of the provinces re recently gave the people a, an afternoon off, and he said, go home and make babies. That's right. And, and, that, and that's to what they have to <laughs> resort to get people to breed. Yeah. Because they won't do it of their own accord. They need an, uh, an external financial incentive. That is not normal. I think and the yet, young people in some European countries are much more healthy than, than in the United States, notwithstanding the story that we're talking about now. Um, well, it can only I be because they haven't been visited by the horrors of full-fledged multi multiculturalism yet. And, and it's media. It's concomitant media. It's polluting media. And it's proponents, mm -hmm. the Jews. Let's not forget that Hitler more or less cleansed Europe of Jews, uh, mm -hmm. or at least displace them to a large extent, and thereby replacing them in places like Canada, Australia, and the U.S., as we see today. But I'd, I'd really like to encourage listeners to check it out, because these Jews are, are multimillionaires, multibillionaires, and they're crisscrossing the globe from Israel into Europe, into The Hague, and into Canada and the United States, and they have vast amounts of money and political influence with the military industrial complex and 501c3s and funding political, uh, virtually every winning candidate, I would say, in the United States on both sides. And uh, our politicians in the United States are absolutely terrified of them, crossing them. And, Craig, what did we learn about APAC and how they vet candidates? Yeah. They basically uh, sit down with each one and say, well, we just want to know about your position on Israel, and we'd really like you to prepare a statement and a paper on it. And, oh, we'll help you do that. And that's why they get these votes of 410 to 2 <laughs> or 100 to 0 on any, anything that supports Israel or puts more white money in Jew pockets. Yeah. We're so sick the of Jewish consulate, for the Jews. The Jewish consulate in New York City recently... Uh, managed to dictate a sentence in New York City and tell them what an opportunity it was to have the whole program. In other words, the, the, the consulate of Israel provided the program for New York City public schools. And, of course, the Department of Education in New York City, predominantly Jewish, went for it lock, stock, and barrel. In fact, there weren't, weren't enough seats, they said, at the meeting to learn more about it. And Great point. You're letting a foreign power dictate what you learn in, in your textbooks. Yeah. When you get Jewish history, that's, that by definition is lies. So after they go into New York City public schools, then they'll go into Princeton, Harvard, <laughs> Yale, or Columbia and get the Ph.D. treatment so they can pollute the next generation of white people. Well, those, as we know, those are already gone. I mean, you've got, you know, sending a study, Center for the Study of uh, Anti-Semitism. And I did a little search Holocaust in the news, and, you know, you got all these school kids. We're rounding up six million tabs or paper clips, and there's more than just one of these projects, to, just to get, so people have some idea of how many Jews were killed. I swear there are more Holocaust stories by the day. Lies piled on lies piled on lies taught to kids as though they're true. It's outrageous. Yeah, what was that, that new uh, YouTube video that's now circulating uh, where he, he said he got the, the microfilm of the German... Records, which of course were meticulously kept in Auschwitz, where he said something like, "Only 70,000 people died uh, in Auschwitz, mostly due to typhus." And of that number, only something like 16% were Jews. So that comes out to like only 16,000 Jews dying in Auschwitz. Wow. So, so they're they're and remember too many. <laughs> Sixty thousand, four million. What's the difference? You know, we didn't even one Jew. You know, one Jewish fingernail. I don't know. Not even a full Jew. A fingernail is enough to claim the Holocaust. <laughs>
you know, they're, they're, the Simon Wiesenthal Center is right now trying to build in Jerusalem a museum of tolerance on top of a graveyard of Arab graves. It's 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 really <laughs> poetical <laughs> Jewish poetry. I I think we need to collect sixteen thousand dog turds to commemorate the Jews, <laughs> the the Soviet commissar Jews who died at Auschwitz, and I hope everyone will join me. Some that's a lot of Jews. It's a lot of dog turds too. It's, it's such a joke. I mean, these are the people who are murdering our white brothers and sisters by the millions in the Soviet Union, in the Ukraine, in Eastern Europe by the millions, and trying to do the same thing in the heart of Europe in Germany. And the Germans stopped them. And God damn, they can't stand that. So every time a German American breeds, you're spitting in the face of the fucking kikes who want to eliminate you from the earth. So fuck the Jews. Have kids. We will dominate the future. We whites who understand what the Jews are up to. We will not be suppressed by them. will not be ended on this earth. They will disappear before we do. Yeah, and just for, uh, I believe all of us here on Goyfar have a uh, part German ancestry, if I'm not mistaken. I do. Jeff said he does. You do, Craig, right? Yeah, I do. Have yep, I do. Check. Check. So. You hear the Jews? The Germans are after you. <laughs> <laughs> To bring you All to right, justice. Well, internal call news. Aryan justice. Yeah, the Germans yeah, are coming and after and, we're, and they say, oh, you want to kill the Jews? I want to put the Jews on trial. You know, if, if after the evidence we stick up there is enough to convict them, well, then that's a lot fairer than what those German nationalists got at Nuremberg. Right? Big public trial. And we bring out the real evidence. <laughs> How painful. How painful for the Jews. It's going to be a long trial. We will turn the, the Holocaust Museum in Washington into the Museum of Jewish Crimes. That will be the last thing that building is known for. Oh. And it will come equipped with a, a continuous eternal flame loop of the trial that we put on for the uh, leaders of the Jew who have persecuted us for these many uh, centuries and decades with their lies about imaginary holocausts. That is what the future holds. And that, that future will hasten as you listening to this join us in this struggle that, that really is to define for all times who's going to run the world. Is it going to be Jewish liars, Jewish haters, laxists, or is it going to be us normal white people? I say it's us. We have anything left on the table for today? I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, here, here. Amen. Amen. Like and get, get your dick out of horses and get into something good. You know, that's the white nationalist movement. You don't need to be fucking animals just because it's legal. That's, inc- that's crazy. <laughs> don't take your political freedom and hey, go fucking hamster, Bob. You don't need to speak your mind. You need hamsters and electricians, Tate. Come on. Sit back and when you fuck your hamster and watch your plasma. I've got a 50 foot by 32 foot plasma high definition TV screen. You know, or take I'm, your wife to have a German Shepherd. How about that? Yeah. Insanity by Jew. For Jew. We've got the solutions. We do have this solution. Let's get rid of the damn Jews. There's Can nothing. Think of what is possible without this tyranny. You don't God any- damn it. Think of the writing alone. All you need to do is get rid of the damn Jews and have whites in control who are sane and look out for the interests of the white community. Okay, then we clear up the niggers and the Mexicans. But we have to get the Jew first. The Jew is the root of what plagues us on all these different fronts. I'd like to mention something here at the end, if I may, and that's another new movie because video seems to be the way to reach people. And if you search Google videos and uh, type in, it's a bit long, it's not that long, but here, and you must get it precisely, I've been trying variants, but you type in 
digit nine slash one one one, then mysteries, then parenthetically put in full length comma high quality, and that's the only way to pull it up. But uh, it's a very erudite and detailed movie, and it shows the squibs, which were explosive marks coming out of uh, the two towers, and uh, they can only be indicated by explosions having been set. And then apart from that, they say things such as a bowling ball thrown from the top of the World Trade Towers would reach the bottom in nine seconds, and that's how fast they fell. One of them fell in nine seconds, one in ten. Mm -hmm. Resistance, just like a bowling ball gaining speed. And uh, when you see yeah, they blew it out. Yeah, I think you'll be pretty impressed in the with, with the detail. And, and they also have the professor, which we talked, who, who we talked about uh, a week or two ago from Utah. He's on there. Who's lost Stephen his tenure. Jones? Right, yeah. mm -hmm. Stephen Jones. He hasn't lost his job. He's been put on uh, paid leave. Yes, yes. Pardon me. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, again, uh, if I could say nine slash eleven, and then mysteries, and then print. Parentheses, full length, comma, high quality, and that's on Google Video. Just go to Google and then click the new video section. It's right there on the front page of Google. Mm -hmm. And we'll yeah. keep alerting you in these Goy Fires to all the different clips you can see online because this media is exploding. I mean, YouTube is saying it has 100 million downloads a day, and it's people just putting up whatever they want. It, it's truly free. Across the board media, it's great stuff. Anybody can post to it. Anybody can criticize videos or, or make comments on them and rate them. Fantastic peer-to-peer -peer communication that is impossible in the, in the previous age of uh, broadcasting where you sit down, shut up, and listen to the kike. You don't have to. Kike-free media is now out there. Use it. I love to see the, the Fox and the CNN getting scared of it. Yeah, yeah and they're, they're fucking boring. I mean, that's a, unless there's a war going on, you see they have a direct financial interest in war. Because they really don't have much to say otherwise. They just sit there and they try to trump up a stupid criminal case or, or try to, they, they beat the, the drums for war against Iran. But man, they have a direct financial incentive in, in, in war and misery because they don't have a goddamn thing to say apart from it. It's really come home strong to me in the last couple of weeks because I was, I was watching, I enjoyed it when they had the, the Hezbollah war on. There was, there was actual value in it, but apart from that, man, Fox and CNN don't have anything to say. It's way better on the Internet. I, I want to just uh, repeat what Shane said. I really enjoyed watching that movie. It's They're cleaning it up. See, it's a progressive effort. All of the more or less unsubstantiated things that came uh, across on the loose change video have been eliminated and new facts have been added. And one lesser known fact uh, that that keeps resurfacing, especially now. In fact, there was a case in September of uh, this month, uh, so that's September 2006, where bones, uh, they've been found finding human remains on the top of uh, the Deutsche Bank uh, near the, tr the, the, the two towers. But in fact, it's a couple of thousand yards away from the two towers. So what happened is these 3,000 people who were um, killed uh, during these demolitions. Their their body parts were just splattered all over Manhattan, and in fact, they're they're finding they're collecting the bones off of uh, the Deutsche Bank roof. And here they say, I'm directly from an article that they found something like seven in excess of 700 human remains found on the roof of the Deutsche Bank after the site was declared free of such remains years ago. Um, so 
when these buildings blew, everything went sideways. There was no pancake collapsing uh, that went on. Yeah, and, so and well, I, I haven't seen the link, but how in the is, world uh, the, the bone thing fragments is they, they claim this is like Go ahead, Jeff. Well, it could only happen if this was an explosion. That is, think about the word explode and the word implode. The government is telling us that the building imploded on itself. And if this were an implosion, how would, how would, for instance, bone fragments, um, among other things, get blown out, you know, thousands of yards away from the structure? How far away was the Deutsche Bank? This was not an implosion. Um, I, uh, to tell you the I truth, I it. don't have the exact figures, but for bone fragments to fly out windows and actually make it on top of roofs, uh, even yards away is, is absolutely... Amazing. And let's remember that this whole thing was pulverized, and there was like, it was like Pompeii. There was so much ash. And you're telling me that happened from a building simply falling down? No way. It blew it up. This video does cite physics, and it cites PhDs in metallurgy and so forth. And, uh, in fact, some of the, the guys who built the building say what, what it was really stressed for, designed for. And uh, they directly challenge the official version and essentially make mincemeat of it. So it's very, I, could I use the word humorous, to, to see them just take apart the government's lies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the, the next step is really going to be pinning the, tail on the, pinning the tail on the donkey and, and, and really finding who, who was responsible for this through the, the mm -hmm. onion layers of deceptions. And remember, uh, you're... Security Chief Michael Chertoff hustled 60 to 200 Israeli spies out of the country uh, within days of 911. And uh, he's the son of a rabbi and apparently a, a Chabad Lubavitcher. And a Russian Jew. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of the King David Hotel, to tell you the truth. What's the background of the King David Hotel, Aegis? Uh, well, that would be um, news blowing up Brits. In Israel. I thought you meant to say Muslims. I uh, know that would be the Stern Gang, actually Jewish terrorists. Well wow. known. And what did uh, they do? Who actually went on to become the prime they minister. They blew up a hotel? Jews blew up a hotel? When did this happen? Uh, this this would have happened in the uh, 20th century. What decade? Like 1930s and 40s? I'm going to say like 48. Around there? I think it was 48. Yeah. They blew Jewish up a hotel. Jewish terrorists blew up a hotel, you say. Wow, that's interesting. I thought only Muslims were terrorists. It was a mass killing of Britons, huh? Yeah, I think something like 200 uh, Brits uh, uh, bought the farm. <laughs> and Britain remembers that, and it's reflected in her policy towards Israel, right? No. Nah, somehow, I don't think not, so. Not so much. Not so much. Actually, they're siding with the Americans, pursuing the Jews' enemies, who they've gra graciously made their own at huge expense to them, and lives and treasure. Why? Who knows? I mean, some anti-Semites say it's because Jews control their government, but they're wackos. <laughs> You've got Jews responsible for murdering Americans in Levant affair, British in, in the Stern Gang blow-ups of the King David, uh, and the, the killing of the men and the liberty, and yet both these governments ignore these and proceed to, to help the Jews carry out their various policies, their illegal criminal wars in the Middle East and elsewhere. So, you know, you decide who's running the government. We tell you it's the Jews. But if you have a competing theory, <laughs> it's not any simpler than ours, and it can't be backed by facts. Jews are operating U.S. And, and Britain in their own interests. Like they said before, Israel, we didn't have any enemies in the Middle East. 
They thought we were great guys. They loved us. We helped them get their oil out and make some money off of it. Yeah. Well, All right. What, uh, J- Jeff, you want to say any closing words? Otherwise, I got some I closing just, words actually. I just want to say doesn't. thank you for ha- having me on, and uh, and uh, and that's it. Doing the truth is no defense, Jeff. Unfortunately, a truism in our time. I wanted to say a thing or two. I went to a book sale here at Truman State, and advise other people to do this. If you want to build a library, go to book sales. You can buy a book for a dollar, for a hardback, 50 cents, for a paperback. And you'll find a lot of discards, especially if it's a library doing it. And I found two books, uh, The Alien in Our Midst by by uh, Grant and Davison. Now, this is a book subtitled, The Alien in Our Midst or Selling Our Birthright for a Mess of Pottage. This is, book is typical of a class of books that would have been race realist and written in the opening decades of the 20th century before Jews completely controlled the press. And you had a number of typically WASP Americans standing up and saying, hey, if we let in all these invaders, we're going to kill the country. And libraries like to get rid of this stuff at very cheap prices because it doesn't fit the going line. And they've got to make room for the next wave of titles about anti-Semitism. Uh, shed out by the Jewish publishing houses. So you'll find stuff like this remaindered. Yeah, see, this is copyright 1930 by the Galton Publishing Company. Galton was a guy associated with IQ research, a relative of Darwin. And uh, this is by Madison Grant, who's a famous name in uh, racialism and racial sanity in the first half of the, of the 20th century. And he already said back in the 1920, and this is cited in Kevin McDonald's work, that you already couldn't get a word in edgewise against the Jewish uh, culture of big lie. The Boazian big lie that culture, not race, is responsible for the, the organization you see. He said you can't get that in the papers, and he said that in the 20s. So look for books like this that are cheap and remainder, and you can use them to teach your kids and educate yourself. Second book on that front is Immigration and Conquest by Harry Laughlin, who actually, Harry Laughlin is actually from uh, Kirksville, and he was a big eugenics guy back in the first decade of the, uh, or the first uh, half of the 20th century, and they had a couple of his books that I got, or two copies of Conquest by Immigration. And uh, he's got all kinds of documentation on the types of people coming to the country and analysis of why this is a danger to us if we allow it. And this is the stuff that figured in, like, the 1924 immigration debates, as well as the broader eugenics movement. And they throw out this stuff all the time, and that's where you go to get a genuine education. And that's my final thoughts for today. Okay, well, I want to thank you for listening. Uh want well, to thank you for tuning in to Goyfire. Subscribe to the feed. Check us out at GoVNN.com as well as VNNForum.com as well as Goyfire.com. And keep subscribed, and we will keep bringing you the news that could just very well save your life. I want to thank you again for listening, and until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbye.
Glenn Miller, a fed-up white American running as a write-in candidate for Congress. I'm fed up with the lies on TV, radio, and newspapers. They're almost all controlled by Jews who hate white people and Christianity and who glorify race-mixing genocide against the white race. But the Jews don't control the Internet, at least not yet. I recommend GoyFire.com. It has 24-7 radio broadcasting by the most patriotic white men in America who tell the truth and nothing but the truth. Also, DavidDuke.com. GoreFire is run by Alex Linder, a brilliant young college graduate and former journalist with CNN Television. He says what I stand for as a candidate. So unless you're too yellow to hear the truth, go check it out. And don't forget to vote for me on November the 7th. Retired Army Master Sergeant Glenn Miller, write-in candidate for the United States Congress. 463-7703. That's Goyfire, G-O-Y-F-I-R-E dot com. Authorized and paid for by the committee to elect Glenn Miller to Congress. Margaret Miller, Treasurer. You're listening to Vanguard Radio. 